Welcome to episode 164 of Cowboys Ride for Free, the podcast. My name is Joel Penfield. As always, I'm joined by Philip Slavin. We're in week six of uh, quarantine social distancing. How are you handling it? Uh, JP, it's all right. Um, still working at home, which is fine. You kind of get used to it. I'm a little tired of being at home. Uh, I'm <clears throat> usually, not only do I usually work out of an office with other people, um, I visit clients on a pretty regular basis. Like I'll, I'll make in-person visits and shoot photos at least two or three times a week every week. I haven't done that in six weeks. So um, at some point it's time to throw the mask on <clears throat> and go uh, shoot some photos of barbecue and, and flooring and things of that nature. Um, but it's good. It's fine. You know, uh, just uh, more than anything right now, we're just, being extra cautious with my wife being pregnant, you know, there's, there's been some testing and research. Basically all I, all I've come away with is, uh, don't let your pregnant wife get COVID. So that's basically the way we're just operating is we'd rather be overly cautious and be safe than be reckless and not. Yeah. I was, I was pretty fortunate to be able to get a couple of weeks off from work. My wife's pregnant as well. Uh, so being able to stay home and you know limit my exposure has been really important. So I'm very I was very fortunate to get a couple of weeks of that. So I'm just kind of chilling at home right now. My wife is uh, doing a lot of crafting. She's got her sewing machine going. She's been making a lot of orders to to Joann's and Hobby Lobby to put keeping them in business to uh, get some stuff in so that she can keep herself occupied during this time. And me, uh, just kind of hanging out. Um, you know. Trying to keep up with everything. You have the NFL draft come up in a couple days. Been looking at some mock drafts. KC, Kansas City uh, Chiefs draft guide from Arrowhead Pride. Check that out if you need something, a little bit of reading material before Thursday. And uh, started a uh, online course in baseball analytics. So trying to just keep myself as Ooh. occupied as I can. Very nice. And drinking right. a lot mm. of beer. I don't know about you, but <laughs> I, I have. I really try to keep myself to my usual schedule because um, I still work Monday to Friday, eight to five. I try and keep to the the weekday drinking down. Um, I'm also very cautious of, like I know she's 15 months, and she won't remember any of it. But I'm also very cautious about drinking in front of Pippa. That's fair. I, just, I don't I don't want that to be a thing. Where it's like, yeah, Daddy drinks all the time. You're like, nah, no. <laughs> so uh, very self conscious and aware of that. Um, yeah, uh, you know. So obviously we uh, we have a nice guest on today. We're having to get creative and, and find people. Um, I I appreciate that Oklahoma State. Uh, social media accounts have been creative as well. You and I have been messaging back and forth, DMing back and forth. Like, here's the one to everybody knows. Like, Joel and I text and talk and DM on Twitter. So there's, like, multiple conversations that we have about multiple different things at any going time. Uh, Shout out to the Oklahoma State basketball team and the videos they've been putting out of the new signees for the class. These are awesome. I love them. Yeah. Um, They just put out Michael Pena's. I think these are... I think these are fantastic. I think now is the time to allow access into your program. I think now is the time to do everything and you can to be creative and, and, and keep excitement going at a time when it's really hard to. So shout out to, to the Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State um, and to basketball program for the videos and put out. This is this is some really good stuff. If you haven't seen them, go check them out on Twitter. They are, they are fantastic. Yeah, it's a really cool insight into – they, they've talked about each of these guys and how long they've been recruiting or kind of on them. And with everybody, when it came to, uh, they, they did the video for uh, Matthew Alexander Moncrief and Rondell Walker and Montreal Pena. They've been recruiting or on these guys for a year and a half, two years or longer. And this is so, this is, it's kind of cool to see how it all came together for this class. Like, this was a couple years in the making. And so it was very cool to kind of see how it all works. And then you see 
what they see in these guys and how they're going to be able to make an impact right away. And it's made me even more excited for these guys. And then you see that you add in Farron Flavors too. Um, and we haven't even gotten we haven't gotten to watch film and how they're going to gush about Kate Cunningham yet. So there's a lot to like right now, and it's making me even more excited for what this freshman class is going to bring. Yeah, we can say this for another pod because I don't want this intro to go too long. You and I, we're gonna, at some point, we're going to have to have just an episode where we can bring somebody on maybe and debate the starting five for next year because I think it's really, I think it's really interesting to try and figure. Out. Obviously, you're going to have. I think Cade Cunningham runs the point. I think likely moves uh, over to one of the guard spots, and then after that, your you'd assume would start at center. Um, who's your starting power forward? Who's your other guard? Uh, I think it's an interesting conversation. You and I have kind of gone back and forth on on who who we think lands those spots. Um, we'll do that at some point. We've got plenty of time, so we're not in any hurry <laughs> to rush and get everything into one show. Right, right. I I, I tweeted it out yesterday. I kind of have an idea of who I would put it in the starting five. I think this is a deep team. It's a young team, but I think there's so much talent with the freshman class that it's an incredible, you can, I think Oklahoma State's legitimately going to be able to go 10 deep this year uh, with significant minutes, not just playing freshmen for four or five minutes at a time. Like I think they're actually going to be able to play a lot of guys for a long period of time, which I think is huge. Yeah. No, I, yeah, it's, it'll be fun. Um, Obviously, yeah, NFL draft is this weekend. It will be the most watched NFL draft of all time, let's be honest here, because uh, no one's got anything else to do. Only Cowboy projected to get drafted is cornerback A.J. Green. Most projections have him in the fifth, sixth round-ish. Um, that's that's where I've seen. I've looked at quite a few full seven-round mock drafts, and that's about, about average. Um, so we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that on day three. Um, and then, uh, and then just see which, which Cowboys, there's always quite a few who get picked up as, as undrafted free agents to get signed to camps. This year's gonna be a little bit weird because camps probably aren't going to go as usual and as normal. So it's going to be an, un, an unusual time for all of sports as we are fully friggin' aware. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Um, but, uh, we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep coverage on. We've got... We've got a guest lined up for next week, and I don't want to tease too much because anytime I've ever teased anything on a podcast, it always seems to fall through or blow up in my face. Let's just say we have a guest uh, lined up for next week following the draft that is related to the draft that is, I find, very interesting and unique for the show and I'm, and I'm really excited about. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. I, I've never really paid a ton of attention to the NFL draft, always watched it just because it's on and it's intriguing, but I think this year, more than ever, I really bought in and started paying attention to a lot of it, so I'm kind of excited to see where guys land. Um, yeah, I think A.J. Green's a good day, a solid day three pick. Fifth or sixth round, I feel like that's pretty good value for him. I think if he ends up in the right system, in the right scheme, he's going to be a successful NFL player, so I'm curious where he, he lands. I haven't seen a ton of where he will end up. There doesn't seem to be like a surefire team in there, but it'll be exciting. And you get another cowboy in the pros. It's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, we have a very, speaking of guests, we got a really good guest on today. Very excited for this interview. We had a lot of fun uh, getting to recap her time uh, at Oklahoma State and, and just talk about how things are for her now. Yeah, we had uh, we had the pleasure of talking to Vanessa Fletcher. You guys know her as uh, Vanessa Shippy. She played uh, softball at Oklahoma State from 2015 to 2018. Uh, one of the most decorated players in program history. Really was on the teams that kind of started to turn the tide of the program when Kenny Gajewski got there. Uh, she was in her sophomore year, his first year. So she really started to see the, the shift in the program from you know the time that she was in school. So it was very cool to see. And she's now an assistant coach at Syracuse University. So talk about her time there a little bit, mostly about obviously her time at Oklahoma State. But it was a fantastic interview, and I'm excited for you guys to listen to this. We'll get into that right now. We'll be right back after a word from the sponsor. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Philip and I are now joined by one of the most decorated uh, softball players in Oklahoma State history. Too many full uh, accolades to count, but Big 12 All-Freshman team, multiple-time All-Big 12, All-American, played nearly every position or every position in her career for the Cowgirls, Vanessa Shippey. Uh, she is now also an assistant coach at Syracuse University, and she's joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. Now, we're, we're glad to get you on. Philip and I, we, we try to give the softball team as much love as we can on the podcast. Obviously, we talked about it a ton last year with them getting to the Women's College World Series. Philip talked to someone that and it was a part of those teams that really started to kind of turn the tide of the program. Uh, it was really important. We're, we're really excited to have you on today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here, and it's been it's been weird watching the team from afar and not from Stillwater, but it's also been really cool to see the success that the team's been having. And um, I know our our old teammates that are no longer playing um, still talk about it and still watch and support, and it's really cool to see the success that they're having. So it's <clears throat> just to clarify for everybody who doesn't know this, it's it's Vanessa Shippy Fletcher now, correct? Yes, I uh, got married in August of 2018, so I still coach kind of under the name Vanessa Shippy, but I am officially Vanessa Fletcher now. So, and for those who, who don't who don't know who your husband is, but would know who your husband is, uh, yeah, he uh, Matt Fletcher, I think, is best known as like the skirt guy, right? I, <laughs> everyone knows him as so he uh, just paints himself and wears hula skirts. I still haven't got him to uh, do it for Halloween yet, but I'm still working on that. That would be that would be impressive. Um, know, right. So yeah, <clears throat> very excited to have you on the show today. Obviously, talk Oklahoma State. I, 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 before we we take the walk down memory lane, I, you know, obviously you are an assistant coach at, at Syracuse now. I'm curious if you could talk a little bit about you know making that transition from from player to coach and how how that has gone for you and what that experience has been like. Yeah, it was really cool. It happened pretty quick. I. Uh, I stopped playing obviously in May of 2018 and then I actually got the opportunity to go play professionally down in Houston um, for the summer kind of in between. And during all of that, I actually flew from Houston up to Syracuse for my interview and um, started here about a week after I got married. So the summer of 2018 was very, very busy, but it was a crazy cool transition and um, just an incredible opportunity to come up here and coach as young as I am. And, I've been doing this last year was my second season. So heading into my third now, um, but I love coaching. It's definitely different um, than playing, but it's, it's almost better. I mean, I know people always say like, do you wish you could coach or play? And I love playing, but coaching is much different. And it's almost like playing nine positions all at one time. So it kind of makes my brain think a lot more and, and I love it. It's definitely been something that's challenged me and helped me grow my knowledge of the game and give back to, young athletes that are uh, trying to accomplish all they can in the sport as well. Must have been nice to already have a closet full of orange. Oh, it's great. I mean, even I'm wearing right now, it's not logo, but it could go either way. So I, uh, the transition was very easy from colors. <laughs> I think that's like one of Matt's favorite things about it too, is because um, he's actually working for the university too. 
and uh, we've gotten to wear orange forever. I mean, he's been wearing orange for who knows how long. So it's been it's been really cool. And I mean, everything they do, their mascot here is orange, right? So everything that I do is like I bleed orange still. So it's it's been a really cool and easy transition. So just a little bit of background about you. So you're from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. What brought you to Stillwater from from there? Because obviously that, that's, you know, decently far away from home. What was your recruitment process like? So what and what brought you to, to Oklahoma State? I actually played travel ball, um, travel softball in California. So I would fly down there every weekend from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and uh, go play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, hop on a plane come home, go to school Monday through Friday, and then do it all over again. So I uh, was actually recruited out of, Cal- out of California. Um, and that's how Rich Ligman, who was the coach actually my freshman year here, um, saw me and recruited me out of California. And I, uh, the schools that I was looking at and kind of deciding between um, were in big cities. I mean, Washington, Oregon, they're right there in Seattle and Eugene. And they're just very different vibes than Stillwater. And uh, when I visited, it felt like home, Um, small town, everyone loved the university. It's just like the definition of a college town and um, had great sports programs. And uh, Garth Brooks went there. That was like one of the coolest things for me. I was like, wow, he went here. Okay, I can do this too. So um, it it was really just the atmosphere and the feel and uh, turned out to me my favorite thing about the university too was just the buy-in from from everybody in the community and such an incredible place to play. So obviously you were there for the the beginning of Guy Eski and, and kind of helped him build the program into what it has become at this point, which still has plenty of room to grow, but it's certainly become a, a, a I would say top 25 program in college softball. Um, what was that? What was that like? What was, what was that like from day one through watching the program build and build and build? It's incredible. I, I think that that was another reason that I chose Oklahoma State is the program obviously had deep history and deep roots of success, but as of late, it really hadn't. And um, again, some of the other programs I was deciding between were top tier. And yes, it would have been awesome to play there and go to the World Series probably while I was there. But being able to build a program um, that wanted to get back to where they used to be was incredible and obviously my freshman year we were we were really bad (laughs) Um, but it was cool to see the process throughout my four years and even now Um, but I'd say that Kenny Gajewski was by far the biggest turning point in this program Um, him and his staff came in with the mindset of shifting the program back to where it used to be that was what he said I mean he picked up the phone and gave me a call probably the first couple days after he was hired or maybe the day of, I don't know, but he jumped on the phone and said, I want to win. Like we're here, we're coming to win. He obviously came from Florida and coming off a couple national championships and he knew how to win and the staff that he brought knew how to win. And so his focus and staff's focus of coming back and bringing Oklahoma state to success was why the program started to shift and started to shift so quickly. I mean, it shifted from my freshman to sophomore year an amount that I couldn't have even imagined. And yes, we had some different athletes, but mostly the change was the coaching staff. And so um, I've got nothing but positive things to say about the whole staff. And um, that's why they're having the success that they're still having and will 
be a really good program for years to come. You talked about that change from your freshman, your sophomore year, and just like a switch flip, and you could tell that the program, was there a game or a moment in time where you and your teammates could kind of tell like, oh, this is different. This is where we need to be heading, like where you could kind of feel that change and, you know, the program start to rise. One of the biggest things I would say, and I don't know if this was like the game that everything changed, but the second he got here, his expectations didn't lower from when he came to Florida, which seems like they would have had to a ton because he's coming off national championships and we were coming off of, I think, like a 155 RPI. Um, but every day at practice, he just pushed us to be the best that we could be. And I, I remember um, he told us, like, he really had, he had never been run ruled and he barely ever lost softball games. And I remember our team kind of sat there right before our first game, like, we can't let this guy down. We got to go. We got to win some games. In our first game that he was our coach, we were down in, uh, we were down in Texas at Texas State, and we lost a heartbreaker. They, had, they hit a walk-off home run um, in the seventh inning. And I remember our whole team kind of looked at each other when we got on the bus and just felt so bad that we had lost a game for him. And when he hopped on the bus, I don't think we really knew what to expect and what his reaction was going to be. And he hopped on and said, we got it. We're right there. I mean, we played a heck of a game. We're going to be a good team. And I think that his response to even a loss, I mean, I think we thought it was going to be, here we go again. We're going to suck again. And the message that he gave to our team in that game, I think, is what set the precedent for that year and, I guess, what turned out to be his start here at Oklahoma State. So how much do you, how much connection do you still have with the program? Obviously, you're, you're at Syracuse. You've got your own team to worry about in another state. But how, how close have you stayed with Coach Gajewski and, and the program? He's been a big mentor to me. Um, so we stay in contact a decent amount, obviously. As the seasons get busy, him and I probably didn't really talk much other than, hey, good game, good win um, last season. But on the off seasons in the fall and the summers, he's who I turn to um, to get a lot of advice in my coaching career. And he's been an incredible mentor to me. Um, so, And same with the rest of the staff. So we communicate a decent amount about amount about my coaching career and I'll just check in to see how the team's doing um there's only a few girls on the team now that I played with um and I'll check in every once in a while but um I got to go back for regionals last year um and then Matt and I came back for the world series last year but um really that was about it and actually Syracuse got to go play um at Oklahoma State in Stillwater last season too so there's been a decent amount, a little bit of ties, but I've mostly just been watching from afar and being a fan, and uh, it's been exciting. Even though you're connected with the Syracuse program now, how cool was it to see what the team did last season, to go on the run they did, they go to Florida State and get to the Supers, you know, winning Supers, they beat Florida right off the bat in the College World Series in Oklahoma City. What was it like to kind of even, even though you're connected to the program, you are now kind of take a step back and be a fan there for a little bit. I don't think there's words that I could find that could describe how I felt about last season. Um, and it's going to sound super cheesy, but I remember the feeling like that just came upon me when they were announced that they were hosting regionals last year. And 
Matt was like jokingly filming my reaction, I think. And <laughs> he like brought the camera close to my face and was like, wait, are you crying? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know what was happening. But I think it was just like this feeling of like we did it. And a lot of what my class, so the class that I graduated with, we sat down my freshman year. So our freshman year, five years before that day and said, we want to get back there. Like we want to go to, we want to host the regionals. We want to go to the world series. And obviously we didn't accomplish that in our four years, but I think that seeing the team get to that point, we kind of knew that we had a little bit of a hand in it and it was incredible. It was incredible to watch what the program did and then watching supers and watching them pull off that win against those wins against Florida state. Um, and then getting to enjoy Oklahoma city. I mean, obviously I wish I could have been there as a player. That's every player's goal, but getting to just be a fan and sit there and watch that team and those coaches get to live out pretty much everyone's dream was really, really cool to see. So I don't want to spend too much time on this because it's a sad topic. We're all tired of talking about, but I, I am curious from a, from a coaching perspective and I don't, I don't want you to get into any specifics that you can't talk about, but obviously this season ending early at completely out of anyone's control um, due to the pandemic, just how did that feel from a, from a coaching side? Not, not getting to have the season end on, on you guys' way, having no control over that. And, and whether you have players come back or not, we, again, we don't need to get into that. I'm just, from a, from a coach and as a former player, how how does that feel and, and how do you try and process that? It's been crazy. I mean, it still is. We get new information, it seems like hourly, um, with just so much uncertainty and things changing. But that day, uh, um, I don't even remember the exact date, but the Thursday that everything kind of went down, our team actually was at the airport in Syracuse. We were boarding a plane. Um, Some of us had made it on the plane and then they announced like, Hey, anyone with the Syracuse softball team needs to be playing. And I just remember that feeling of feeling so bad for the girls of just not having the answers that I knew that they were going to, to the questions that I knew they were going to ask and just seeing the sadness on their face was like, it hit me in a way that I didn't think it would. Um, it, It was cool though. Like if I had to find positives in this crappy situation, our team really came together and it was cool to see that it did affect them the way that it did. I mean, we had some girls in tears, which is never a good thing to see, but just to see the way that they were impacted by it. And you could tell that they really loved this team and wanted to play. Um, My first year here, our culture was really bad. I mean, we had, um, we inherited a team that just didn't love softball. And I think if the season would have ended the way it did this year, Last season, I think we would have had some girls happy, Um, just happy that was over and finally I don't have to do softball anymore. And so just to see the cultural shift and the way that the girls reacted was really cool to see um, if I had to find a positive. But as a coach, it's hard. You don't have all the answers, especially that day. We had no idea what was going to unfold, what was going to unfold. Um, We had our the first bit of news was, hey, just have everyone leave and we'll come back in the middle of April, we sent them home, sent them home. And then it was like, just kidding. The whole season's done. Um, but we had a team dinner the next night, that Friday night. And it was kind of like a year end, I guess, celebration in the midst of all this craziness. And it was cool to see the way that the team 
responded to each other and the fact that they were sad to leave and sad to end the season. I mean, we were on a high note um, coming off some good wins against UNC. Um, and I feel bad that it ended the way that it did, but I'm excited to see how the next season goes because the girls really do love softball and love each other and love playing for Syracuse. And I think the team's going to really feed off of that. Um, as a coach, you always tell the team, you never know when your last game's going to be. And I think they kind of saw that firsthand now and are going to work harder and um, do the best that they can to not take anything for granted next season. I want to shift back to your career really quick at Oklahoma State. So what made you so fun to watch during your career was your versatility playing all over the diamond. Predominantly, you played catcher in, my, in your career, if I'm not mistaken, but you played at some point or another every position on the field, correct? Yes, I did, actually. Um, I had a start at every position between, like, my freshman and senior year, except for pitcher. And so – Coach G was like, well, looks like you got to have a start then at pitcher. And so he threw me in against Oklahoma, um, Sydney Romero on ESPN. And <laughs> it's just, it was just, it was a cool moment. Sydney and I are friends, so um, it, was, it was a pretty cool moment. But, yeah, I got to play every position. And, honestly, I think it's really helped me as a coach. Um, obviously, I still don't know a lot about pitching. But um, every other position I, I had played and – had played seriously and had good experience. So it's helped me as a coach to be able to kind of instruct all those different positions. Let me just say, uh, the general consensus amongst most Oklahoma State fans uh, that follow softball was, had you been on the last year's team, they would have been just even more ridiculously good than they already <laughs> were. Well, I appreciate that. Um, okay, so a few few just kind of quick Q&As, and then we'll wrap it up, and I'm going to see if you have any good stories from your playing days at Oklahoma State because we all love stories that are that are fun and funny. Um, so obviously you were not there last year, but Sam, Sam Shaw was, and she was the talk of, of college softball for many reasons, one in particular. So I'll ask you, uh, bat flip or no bat flip? <laughs> That's a good question. I get that one more often than you would think. Oh. I love that Sam got to be herself. I know I've heard a lot of her interviews. Um, I don't know Sam super well, obviously, because I never played with her, but I've heard a lot of her interviews of just that she loved being able to fall in love with the game of softball again and that the coaching staff allowed her to be herself. And and I know exactly what she's talking about because I lived that firsthand too. And I think that the coaching staff came in and allowed me to love softball again and play the way that I wanted to play and just be free and be myself. And you can see that you could see that in what Sam was doing um, and that she was freed up having fun. So I love that she got to express herself and play the way that she wanted to. Um, as for a bat flip, I just don't think I was ever good enough to do that. So I would have, I, most of my home runs, I was like, please go to the fence, please go to the fence. And then they barely can clear it. So as for a bat flip, I would never bat flip, but I'm totally for everyone expressing themselves, playing the game that they want to play. Um, so yeah, that's my answer for you. <laughs> uh, every team has their collection of, uh, let's say kooks and characters. Who was the one player during your time that could absolutely get a laugh out of anyone at any moment? Oh, we had so many of those. Um, <laughs> Simonek could always get a laugh. Raquel Dominguez could always get a laugh. 
Dre McKee, Darcy Taylor, like I, all of my teammates were hilarious. And I think that's, you can see that in the way that Oklahoma State plays is they have a blast in the dugout. Um, they have a blast just being together playing softball. And I think that's why they have the success that they do. I mean, they love being out there. And so I couldn't even pinpoint one, but those, those ones I listed, you could get a laugh anytime you wanted one. Who's handling quarantine better you or Matt? Well, Matt's still working actually. Um, so he hasn't really had to handle quarantine as much as I have, but I don't know. My dog has really been helping me out. I think she's the one handling quarantine the best. <laughs> I'm home all the time. So she's loving that, but uh, yeah, Matt's still working actually. Joel, what you got? Oh man. I don't think I have anything else. I think we kind of, I think we kind of hit everything. Oh, I got actually, I just thought of one. Okay. If you could go back and have, almost like an out-of-body experience and watch one moment from your career, what would it be? That's tough. I uh, uh, There's probably two, and these are the two memories that stick out to me the most about playing. Uh, I, I don't know, two good memories, I guess, that stick out the most about playing. But when we beat Florida um, at Florida in regionals when they were ranked number one, um, that was a really cool moment for our team and I think showed how good we really were. Um, and that game was really, really cool. So being able to watch that would be kind of fun. Um, but also I think it was my senior year. We were playing Texas um, and we had beaten them the first two games of the series. And so we knew we won the series and that was a pretty big deal. And then the third game comes around and they jumped out to like a six run lead or something like that. And we were like, well, you know, at least we won two, but let's try and win this one. And in the seventh inning with two outs, I think we put up like six runs or something to walk it off um, for the sweep. And that was one of the most fun games that I was a part of. So I think being able to kind of sit and be a fan for those two games would have been a blast. That's awesome. I don't know. Okay. Would it be bad to add one more? Because no, that's go for, it. for it. One of Coach Gajewski's best coach games was my sophomore year. We went to regionals. It was his first year, and we went to regionals. We got to the regional championship against Georgia, and we had no business even being in regionals. We weren't even that good, but he coached his butt off, and we squeeze bunted with the bases loaded twice in a row. Um, and won that game against Georgia. And I think just being able to be in his head to pull the trigger on that move would have been cool to see. That was a super cool coaching mo moment. Suicide awesome. squeeze back-to-back. -back. That is – Back-to-back. Gold is all get out. That – wow. Yeah. It was it was awesome. I still – that memory still pops up on my face from time to time. And it, it was pretty cool. I'll have to go look that up. There's video of that somewhere. I need to check that oh, yeah, out. There it is. That was, I guess, 2016 regionals at Georgia in Athens. Okay. Well, if I can find that video, I'll put that on Twitter for everyone to check out. There you go. Oh, absolutely. All right, last thing. Um, one good story from your playing days. And I, like one 
funny or we had uh trey reeves on last week and he had a great story about an assistant coach who literally brought a piece of roadkill in like to a huddle before a game so i want one i know so that's like that's where the bar is set okay an assistant coach bringing roadkill into a huddle on the center court before a game so what do you got here wow put me on spot i'm sure I <laughs> one of these but one that sticks out, which won't make a ton of sense to everybody, but um, my, I would guess my junior year, I don't know, all the years kind of blur together, but um, Coach Gajewski came in at the beginning of the year and said, um, we don't want marshmallows in this program. Marshmallows are soft. They have a soft outside and a soft inside. We want to be Jolly Ranchers because they're hard on the outside, hard on the inside, right? And that was kind of our mantra for the whole year. Um, and we got to, I guess, third weekend into the season, we were in Palm Springs and we lost a terrible game. I think we got run ruled by a team that we had no business even losing to. And he came into the huddle and he was heated and he left the huddle. Well, actually, I think it was Jeff Cottrell left the huddle with a bag of marshmallows and left a trail following him of marshmallows, just calling all of us marshmallows. And I remember that moment, we all just looked at each other like, oh no, like we are marshmallows, they're mad. <laughs> so I think that was a turning point in that season, but um, it's always funny. Our, our um, group chat still talks about it to this day when coach just left a trail of marshmallows from our huddle. <laughs> That's awesome. Very nice. Very nice. Well, Vanessa, th thank you so much for your time today. This has been a ton of fun to kind of take a trip back into your career and everything. You know, best of luck moving forward at uh, Syracuse. And for anyone that doesn't follow you on social media, where can they do that? I've got a Twitter. I'm not super active on Twitter, but I need to be. Um, my Twitter handle is at coach underscore shippy. Um, I've got an Instagram and a Facebook, but I'm kind of lame. I'm not a, I'm not a TikToker, so you can't find me on that. But, but how are you gonna get all? How are you gonna get all of these these kids coming to your to play for you if you're not I know, all, gonna the, be like all the, the social media? Right, we're gonna have TikTok recruiting videos. We're gonna have to start to get uh, creative here if they start canceling some of these summer recruiting trips. So who knows? You might be able to find me on there soon. All right, you heard it here first. Keep an eye out for Vanessa Shippy <laughs> Fletcher's TikToks coming soon. There you go. Well, well thank you. Uh, yeah, thank yeah, you so much. Yeah, I had a blast. All right, take awesome. care. Okay, you guys too. Bye.